You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is Brady Trantham. I'm joined by Miss Madison Morris, as always. Hello. We are recording in an undisclosed location. (laughs) (laughs) City Hall North. There you go. And, uh, Who is that? And if uh, you don't recognize his voice, you should, especially if you're from Oklahoma City. This is everybody's favorite mayor, Mr. David Holt. Sir, thank you so much for joining the show thank today. Thank you, Brady. Thank you, Madison. Right. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And thanks um, for coming, uh, as I said, City Hall North. We are not at City Hall. We are at, uh, as you said, an undisclosed location yeah. today. <laughs> we'll, we'll just call it your bat cave. It's the bat cave. Like, you had to blindfold us as we walked in. It was, it, it was really fun. Um, no, like it, it's funny. Um, we actually, I was actually trying to get you on the podcast. Let's see back in the playoffs and we had kind of agreed, okay, yeah, let's do uh whatever it would have been game six. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, then, and then Damian Lillard just, he didn't want to listen to that podcast. So it just, it never happened and rest assured we got you on now. So, yes. um, really quick, I, I kind of understand and I kind of understood going into the season this is probably going to be an easy team to root for. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, win 45 plus games. They're going to, you know, that doesn't mean that they may or may not be in the playoffs, but young young players that are learning, um, a fan base that's learning to kind of appreciate them and like what their games are like, what their personalities are, are like. It seems like it's meshed well 5-6 games in the regular season so far, but I'm just like curious what were your thoughts on the team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we went into this season with no championship expectations, and that was kind of the first time in, you know, seven or eight seasons that we haven't felt like we had a shot at the championship. Um, So it's really more analogous to those first few years when you definitely didn't think that in 2008 or 2009 or 2010 um, when those expectations started to creep up. But what you had in that time was hope. You had young players who seemed really good, um, and you, you were just kind of along for the ride and it was fun and you know as the maybe not in those first few months but in you know the latter part of year one and year two you know the team was in every game what's been interesting here is uh with this team it's been all about the future and we're thinking okay we're just here to kind of see who's going to be good a few years from now and um you know learn to love shay he might be the face of our team you know five years from now when we are competing for championships um, what's been interesting is they've quickly really mashed into a team that is very competitive. Um, they have been in every single game, you know, as we sit here, they're three and four when this airs, you know, they, they may not have that good of a record, but, but they have had some nice performances, um, and they, uh, in wins and they have been competitive, like in the final minute of every single game they've played and they've had some tough opponents. I mean, they played the Rockets, they've played the Blazers, they've played on the road at the jazz, um, so this is a very intriguing team. It's almost like as a fan, if you're a really sophisticated fan, part of you wanted to go into the season thinking, well, I want us to go 10 and 72. So, you know, <laughs> so we get the top <laughs> draft pick. If we're not winning the title, I want to go all in on, you know, the future. But, um, this team's not going to go 10 and 72. Uh, this team's going to be competitive unless, you know, again, unless obviously with the caveat, if they start unloading Chris Paul and Steven Adams Yikes. and everybody else, <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know, then it's a different story. But if this team that we have, this roster that we have today is the roster we have throughout the season, this team will, will be in the fight for one of the last playoff spots in the West. 
whether you like it or not. I mean, again, I don't know. As a sophisticated fan, I'm not sure how I feel about that. We do have so many draft picks from the Westbrook and George trades that maybe we don't have to tank, you know, and that's maybe that's the theory that the that the management of the team is now applying. But um, but the other thing is, you know, they're competitive and they're they're fighting hard and they're fun to watch. And it's actually kind of nice when there's not. It's a weird feeling when there's not that championship pressure. Um, you know, last year, what did the team start? Oh, and four or something. Everybody was losing their minds, you know, because like, (laughs) we're not going to win the title people (laughs) and get it together, you know? And here it's like, when we lose, eh, you know, we don't have that pressure on us, you know? So it's actually kind of more fun in the regular season when you don't feel like every single game is somehow your path to the, to the NBA championship, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's fun to watch. And, Individually, I mean, it's it was apparent literally on opening night uh, at the Utah Jazz that that Shea Gilgis Alexander is a stud and a star, and and unique. You know, I mean, what he does around the basket is kind of weird and funky, and like can't even figure out how it's physically happening. You know, but the way he he uses you know the ball and the glass to to make shots is is really fun, and that's going to be obviously a part of his identity in the years ahead and so i'm thrilled that we have him and and hopefully he really is the future for us um and then also you know waking up the echoes seeing uh, chris paul here for the first time um you know since the early days there's you know not having um chris paul play for the thunder before having him be a part of our history but playing for this other team that like is like a dream now you know people don't often don't even remember that we had that chapter in our life where we we had the the new orleans slash oklahoma city hornets having him now back as a thunder i think kind of allows us to place him on the mount rushmore of oklahoma city nba stars that he deserves to be on you know it's kind of allowing us to now uh connect back to those original two years and and he's still you know he's still got it i mean he's still having some great some great moments and he's clearly a great leader on the team so Anyways, I'm having a lot of fun with this team so far, and I, I get that impression from talking to other fans as well. Yeah, see, I said that exact same thing um, as the season started up. I really felt like this team was going to be a lot of fun because Brady and I, we had seen them in practice. We had seen them in preseason. Uh, they had just this different energy to the team, and they were singing in the shower and, like, talking to each other in the locker room, and everything just seemed to be, like, very cohesive between them. And so – I've really enjoyed watching them. Um, Billy Donovan and the other guys have really talked a lot about how Chris is a great communicator. He's always talking to the guys out on the court. Uh, We can even hear him if we're just like walking on the court. He loves to orchestrate this team and he does a really good job doing it. And so I totally agree. I think Chris is a great asset to this team right now. He is a veteran. He's a seasoned veteran. He's been here in Oklahoma City before. He really cares about the development of these guys. And I think he's doing just that with uh, guys like Shea Gilchrist-Alexander and even Dennis Schroeder, I think, you know, Dennis, he's 26, but he's been in the league for a little bit. He's been bounced around. Uh, he's here in Oklahoma City for a second season. I think he's really evolved into a Thunder player for sure. And so I've really liked um, the way that he's been able to evolve under Chris Paul in this short amount of time, but how he's still stepping up to be a leader for Shea. This team just seems like really, they seemed a lot more like not laid back in a sense, but I feel like they have a good like head on their shoulders right now because Exactly what David was saying, you know, it's not the end of the world. Every time a loss comes up, it's kind of, okay, learn from this and take it to the next game and move on. And I've enjoyed seeing that. You know, the energy in the locker room is a lot better. I think this team is really working together. We've talked a lot about how things could be very different in a couple of months. Uh, But right now, I think where they are in um, 
with a three and four record going into San Antonio tonight. I think they're fighting really hard. I think they're enjoying their time out there on the court, and it's starting to show with the way that they're playing. Yeah, you say all that, Madison, but uh, there's going to be some times where this team might have to go through a four or five, six game winning or losing streak. Excuse me. Um, giving with with the talent on the roster, um, I think a lot of people, even across the NBA across the country understand this team is way too talented to be the Phoenix Suns of the last few years. <laughs> There's just too much talent, but there are going to be some tough times. There are going to be some growing pains, and that's you, you saw that in those first four or five games where they would continuously fight back into the fourth quarter just to tie it or get it down to a possession, and they couldn't close it out for a plethora of reasons. Like, one, they don't have their go-to Russell Westbrook guy. Like, this is the guy that closes the game. Um, and then you've got a bunch of other young guys that are playing with each other for the first time. And then guys like Chris Paul and Danil Gallinari that are still trying to figure things out with those young guys. So there's going to be some tough times to go along with the hope and the optimism. And, you know, like I just hope as and I just hope that the fans understand that because the attendance has it's not been the same, but that's. I understand what like all everybody understands the reasons why. I just hope that that I hope that it continues into you know, January, February as we get later into the year. Hopefully, the attendance still remains relatively the same because it's there have been empty seats, but it's not it's not anything to it's not Houston in the first quarter. Let's just say, <laughs> but I'm just curious. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. been ninety percent full. Yeah, you it's, know. It's, I mean, it, it and it's been technically sold out, but yeah, I mean, I've I've noticed that too. I mean, you know, it's not every single seat full but it's been you know it's not been abysmal it's not been half full oh no 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 (laughs) like my my whole thing has been and i know i understand twitter is just a drop in the bucket in terms of the (laughs) sports fan population but it's where i have to deal with most of my work (laughs) so it becomes my life um but the way i've always kind of gone into it is if you are a thunder fan and you have clapped back at a seattle supersonics fan on twitter (laughs) for whatever reason this is your opportunity to prove that you're just not a hypocrite. <laughs> Go support your team. Right. And like we've kind of been saying, um, this team is very easy to root for. Um, the results may not be there, but the long-term result, I think, is certainly in play. And it's more than realistic because you've got Sam Presti as your GM with all those draft picks that you mentioned. This is like one of those tests in high school when you ask your friend, hey, how hard was the test? You'd have to try and fail this one. It's pretty easy. Like Sam Presti would have to try and fail with the amount of draft picks that he has at his disposal. Yeah, yeah. No, all right. The future's bright, and and the present isn't so bad either. And I think that um, I think if there were some empty seats in those first few weeks, I suspect it was you know obviously this sort of hangover of losing two um, you know uh, Hall of Famers, and one of which was sort of the heart of the team, and people just. I mean, people's expectations were rock bottom. I mean, they actually did think we were going to be the Phoenix Suns in the last few years. You know, I mean, people really did think we were going to win like 10 games. And I don't I don't know that that was rational, because as you said, we actually have a lot of talent on this team. And uh, we have a Hall of Famer. We have a future all star at Shea. We have, a, you know, a fringe all star in Stephen Adams. We have a fringe all star in Gallinari. We I mean, uh, and Schroeder's not so bad either. I mean, you know, it may not be 10 guys deep, but, you know, you go six or seven with some pretty good players. And so. I think what's ha- what will happen in the weeks ahead, we'll see. But if they continue to hang around 500 like this, um, and they're fun to watch, and they're competitive in the games they do lose, I think people will start to realize, you know, there's something actually kind of fun here, and maybe they should go. You know, I mean, all those tickets are sold. 
you know um all those tickets all those tickets in that that arena are, are being sold people just aren't actually using them you know and they're thinking well i'll go to you know 30 games this year not 40 or whatever and uh i think you know we'll see but i think the word's getting around that this team is actually playing pretty well um and has some real personality and um and i think people will you know start to clue in on the fact that they're watching the rise of another superstar potentially and gilgis alexander and and all of that but you know two weeks ago nobody in oklahoma city i mean they still they were still calling him shy like they, you know, they didn't even you know i was you know right like they don't even know how to pronounce his name you know i mean so it takes a minute but i think that people uh, the buzz is starting to grow a little bit and people are realizing there's some fun players to watch here and the team isn't playing so bad so it'll be interesting to see if they hang around 500 um i think the crowds will grow not not shrink now again if they trade everybody but Shay, you know, then we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, but I'm not so sure that's the, I don't know that that's the strategy. That's, that's sports guys and, and gals saying that, you know, <laughs> that's, I don't know that that's what, I don't know. We don't know what Sam Presti's planning. Right. I mean, I, I would, I would be just as, um, uh, I, I'm ju- just as expecting Chris Paul to be in a Thunder Jersey next summer as I am to see him traded on December, whatever, you know, and I know that that's, uh, fashionable to think that he's that he's going to be traded, but I, I I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, a lot of people, especially we were talking about Twitter earlier, because that's where you see a lot of uh, talk about this team. That's where you see a lot of reactions to this team right now. A lot of people are saying just how fun this team has been to watch, just because it is based around a lot of young talent, but also based around a lot of I don't want to say old talent, but <laughs> Just people who have been in the league for a while, like Chris. Obviously, Steven's been here since 2013, so he's like the OG of the team right now. Um, everyone's kind of watching these young guys and then a little bit of like some older guys. And it's kind of like a this mesh of just young talent that's learning from older talent that has just leaked over into just this fun team to watch. And so that's kind of what I feel like this Thunder team is right now because you're watching a lot of younger guys like Darius Baisley. Okay, my my younger sister is 19 years old, (laughs) and Darius Baisley is 19, and I'm watching him, and I'm just like, this guy has an NBA contract. He does what he does. He plays against these players that come into Chesapeake Arena when he's on the road. He sees incredible players. He mouthed off a little bit to Russell Westbrook in Houston. I'm just like, this guy's ready to play. Like, I think he's ready to be a part of the Thunder, and I mean, he's talked to the media a couple of times. He has a good head on his shoulders. He kind of knows what he's doing out there. Um, Billy Donovan always talks so highly about him saying that he's developing this confidence that's really um, carrying over onto the court. And so, I mean, we've seen it in person. You've seen it in person. It's just, you know, he's a he's a good young player. Obviously, we said tons about Shea. He's being a good young player. There's just a lot of good energy around this team right now. And so, yeah, I agree, Brady. There's going to be bad stretches of basketball. I think where they are right now, it's fun to watch. It's a good pastime for people here in Oklahoma City to come out to Chesapeake, see a fun team play some basketball. I know down the stretch, there's going to be a little bit more pressure that comes with it. Um, I think right now in the beginning of the season, they're off to a good start. Being three and four isn't as bad as I think people thought it was going to be. And so we'll see how they do in San Antonio tonight. But, I mean, they have two games at home this weekend. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be rather fun. <laughs> you know, it's also fun. Uh, it's fun to watch three-pointers be made. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, oh, that's, a, that's a fun well, part of the game, not right? Not only do There's... you have one point guard that can shoot threes, <laughs> and then you got two. <laughs> and if Dennis is on, you've got three. Yeah, so. yeah three-pointers are, you know, there's, there's a reason they, they <laughs> added three-pointers, right? They're just fun to watch when they go in. And uh, 
we haven't had that consistently for you know a long time so the fact that we uh, i don't have the stats in front of me but i just anecdotally feel like we're making a lot more threes than than we did the last several years and uh you know i think that's a fun aspect of it too no like the fun like we kind of have been talking about the whole time like it's certainly there um but i feel like even with the mistakes now like a, a team last year a more established team every little minute mistake gets just slammed like what's billy donovan doing here with this lineup what what was russell thinking there now you can kind of look at these mistakes as a win-win because they're learning experiences. yeah it's these are learning experiences hopefully they get better in the short term because they're like there are fans that want to see the thunder win 10 games just to get the number one overall pick (laughs) but most the majority of fans want to see their team win every single game if they sit down and watch that's just you know you get caught up in it Mm -hmm. um so you can look at it as a win-win they'll make mistakes they'll learn from it hopefully if they lose better for draft positioning if they win <laughs> great i got to see my team win but i did want to go back to something you were talking about earlier because chisholm holland and i on the show um this is we're actually recording this on thursday right um the day of the san antonio spurs game we're probably going to put this up on monday so for podcast purposes last wednesday chisholm mm-hmm. holland and i um actually were talking about the whole chris paul thing about how his legacy in oklahoma city has grown since he's you know been traded mm-hmm. to the thunder and Chisholm brought up a good point of, I wonder, even if Chris Paul is traded rather quickly, but I'm starting to get up of the opinion kind of with you. I, I don't know how realistic that could be because there are a lot of log jams that, mm-hmm. you know, that are going to befall Sam Presti in terms of trying to move him mm-hmm. in order to get something back in return. But let's say he does stay for the entire year. Chisholm thought, brought up the, fa- um, the point, the Thunder should retire his jersey. Mm. Now, he would have probably spent one, maybe two years at most with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And if he spends two years, he might as well spend that last that last year. And <laughs> Clay Bennett's just going to have to like, all right, take all this money. Um, but from a legacy standpoint, Chris Paul is one of the big reasons why there is professional basketball in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Now, I, I'm wondering if that's something that the Thunder would have to negotiate with the Hornets to have some type of like partnership with a retired jersey <laughs> up in the Raptors. But um, I, I don't know. Like you, you brought you brought up the legacy, and um, when Chisholm brought it up the other day, I was like, that's actually a really good idea because I'm huge on legacy and history i want there to at some point be a kevin durant statue around chesapeake energy arena like i know not anytime soon but once the years have gone by and the vitriol is kind of gone you kind of look back on everything with better memories Katie stops giving interviews there we go just stop talking um then maybe you can look back and be proud of that fun time that kevin durant spent and it's kind of the same thing with chris paul but more of a you're one of the reasons one of the big reasons why there is basketball in Oklahoma City, but I'm just curious if you wanted to expound upon that. Absolutely. So what's funny is as he's returned and I've tweeted about his legacy here or, you know, said things like he's our first NBA superstar, this kind of stuff, you always get people who respond, what are you talking about? (laughs) What do you mean our first NBA superstar? What, like Katie and Russell Westbrook were never here? And I'm like, dude, I'm talking about 2005, you know, 2000. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so it's really, yeah, like I said earlier, it's like this weird dream that we had this other team. It's kind of like sports fans are well aware of it, but lots of casual fans don't even know that ever happened, you know, and uh, try, you know, try tracing the, you know, the history of the name Hornets, right? I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gone all over the United States. So, um, and back again. So, um, 
but the but the fact is, regardless of what people know or think, the reality is, yes, he played here two years for Oklahoma City's first NBA team. It wasn't the Thunder. It was the other team we had. And um, and he his uh, his rookie of the year and his other, you know, his, his overall performance uh, electrified the city and, and made sure there were, were butts in seats for those two years and, and therefore made sure that we passed our audition, you know, and that, that, and that we could have a, a team uh, permanently. So his role in all of that is critical and it's a great legacy and, and he certainly takes pride in it. I've visited with him the last couple of weeks about it and, you know, he, he, he definitely, uh, he's kind of amused by the fact that even Schroeder didn't know that he had played here before and, and uh but he's he was saying to me he's like he's like i know broadway extension i know jackie cooper like i know all these you know i i you know i, I lived here for the for the first two years of my career i won the rookie of the year here in oklahoma city so i think maybe our identity is becoming you know we wanted to be title town usa and and if that's not going to happen anytime soon you know, I think our identity is becoming a place where where superstars play, where Hall of Famers play, far beyond, um, really. I think the numbers you've seen in any other place in in the amount of time that we've had a team. I mean, so we've had just thinking of Hall of Fame, you know, future Hall of Famers: Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, um, James Harden. Yeah, I mean, how could I forget James? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're getting a little fringy there, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, for, for only having a team for 12 years, that's unbelievable. And, and Chris Paul deserves to be uttered in that same breath. And I think it was a little difficult for people to do it when he hadn't ever actually played for the thunder. Now that he has, regardless of if it's two weeks or two years, it's, it's almost like you get to buy the time back, you know, now, okay, now, now he's, now we get credit for, he gets credit for those two years he spent here. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you talk about retiring numbers. I mean, I don't know where all that goes. That's a team decision. But um, certainly to the extent a mayor can push a narrative, you've you've seen me pushing this narrative that he is one of those people that we should remember 25 years from now, along with Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Paul George, um, that, that he is one of the the major basketball stars that we've hosted here. And and it and it's already two it's already you know two years of credit regardless of how long he stays here and and his role is even more unique than all the others because he made all the rest possible. Yeah, you know what I think is really cool about playing basketball here in Oklahoma City is that these guys they take pride in it. And this is no knock on any larger markets like Los Angeles or New York, but it's very hard to have a personal relationship with like the community and the people and the organization as a whole. But here in Oklahoma City, you even have guys, Danilo Gallinari made a comment the other day saying that he loves playing basketball here because he feels like he's welcome here. He loves the people here. Uh, He feels like he fits into kind of the identity that the Thunder have created. Chris Paul, obviously, what we were just talking about, I mean, he spoke to us when he first got back to Oklahoma City. And he was like, hey, this one restaurant, like, is that still there? Like, oh, I used to go to the Charleston's on uh, Broadway all the time. And. Like, he was just talking about things that he did years ago. And he's like, is that still there? Like, I, I, I did that. I love doing that. And then, obviously, Steven Adams has been here. He's always made comments. You know, I, I love Oklahoma City because I get to play basketball here. You know, I don't have to worry about the flashiness. I don't have to worry about the external forces. I get to do what I came to the United States to do. And it's just there's so much authenticity with the guys who come through the Oklahoma City organization, I feel like, because they – love playing the sport here they love getting to be with the guys that come through here uh they really appreciated billy donovan they always speak very highly on him and i think it's really cool just because 
they always have such good things to say about the people who invest in the Thunder here. And they have incredible things to say about how the organization treats them and makes them feel like they're welcome. And so I just I think there's a lot to say about coming through Oklahoma City and playing basketball for all these guys, especially uh, guys like Chris who have been here in the past and now they're back. So there's just there's just a lot of good that comes from being here in Oklahoma City. And that's kind of me like being a native Oklahoma and just being prideful. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just think it's cool because you have guys even like Shay, who has been in Los Angeles and went to Kentucky and hasn't really even spent much time in Oklahoma and he comes here and he's like man like this is so cool like I get to focus on basketball uh, I really enjoy these guys I feel like I have a good connection with the community they get to go out and do all kinds of stuff and even Darius spoke so highly about uh, a trick-or-treat event they got to do at a hospital and it's just it's so cool to see them just really eat up everything that's given to them here in Oklahoma City and it makes them very prideful to play here and especially in the NBA I think you really want to have a team that takes a lot of pride in playing basketball here because that's, you know, that's their job, that's their life, that's their career, and they're here in Oklahoma City to do it, and they love doing it. So I think that's what really makes a good team. And right now I feel like that's what we're seeing here in Oklahoma City. Well, we have a special relationship with our team. Our team is is a community institution unlike many other cities where it is just a business or another entertainment option. And that was really on display, you know, I think the other night, uh, Tuesday night, you know, when when the team presented, um, you know, all the families um, who had a victim of the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995 with a special jersey that the team will be wearing, um, you know, the rest of this sea or other uh, 10 games later this season uh, in commemoration of the 25th anniversary of the bombing. I mean, it's just, just a great reminder and symbol of how how you know linked this team is to this city and i think players appreciate that when they're here for sure yeah i believe uh eric horn from the athletic as i almost said the o- the oklahoman but <laughs> he, he's he's way more athletic now than he was a few weeks ago but uh, i believe he was the one who asked chris about the ceremony mm-hmm. um and chris did a very good job of making a lot of people including me feel really old <laughs> because he said you know, there's a few guys on this team that I don't even think were born in 1995, and sure. I thought about it. Darius Basie was born in, I I think, 99 or 2000. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I was four. I I was born in 1990, so I was four when the bombing occurred. An old moment, but <laughs> really, um, before we got to the uh, last part of the podcast, I. Uh, that was a really cool moment. I didn't get a chance to do the OKCA two podcast after that game because I was. What was I doing, Madison? Uh, Thunder After Dark. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> love John Hamm. Um, yeah, I was doing, I was doing that. It was, re- it was really cool. I don't even want to sound too corny or whatever because, like, when I when when the bombing occurred, I was actually living in England. My dad was in the Air hmm. Force, so it was kind of out of sight, out of mind to a four year old. But growing up, like later on, that kind of became a legacy of like whenever I tell people I was from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. they would say, are you an OU fan? And the bomb, like they talked mm-hmm. about the bombing and I would have really nothing to talk about because mm-hmm. I just didn't live there. But um, it, it's really cool that the professional sports team in the state has done such a great job of keeping all those, those people that lost their lives alive. And that's mm-hmm. what Stephen Adams even said in the locker room after the game as well. Um, it's, it's a really cool thing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, they always, you know, Sam Presti has always insisted that um, players visit the memorial and the museum when they when they come to work for or all employees come to work for the team, and uh, it's 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 really great how they've they've embraced that and and again just reflects the fact that this team is 
is different, you know, than than a lot of teams uh, in in professional sports around the country. We just have a a very special and close relationship between this team and this community, and I think we're demonstrating now that 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 supersedes the loss of any particular player. You know, that this is more important than than anybody, and it didn't it didn't go away just because Russell Westbrook went away. You know, I mean, this is always going to be our team, and and uh, and we as a community, I think, will continue to embrace it. And because I know you're a busy, busy man, <laughs> um, we'll let you get out of here pretty quickly. But I did want to go down memory lane with you a little bit because that picture you did pull up when Chris Paul was traded to the Thunder, like that, uh, it was just for one. Because I've covered, you know, I, I've, we covered Mass and I cover the Thunder, but we do kind of cover the NBA as well. And so we're, we know what Chris Paul looks like right now. And it was still so shocking to see how young he used to are be. You talking, are you talking about, I posted a picture of me and him in like 2005 or something. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah okay. The tuxedos. What about how young I look? Well, of course. <laughs> well, well, you know, <laughs> but yes, um, we were wearing tuxedos. The Hornets had the two years they were here. They had a gala that you could just buy tickets to that was like raise money, I guess for their foundation or something yeah. and all the players would be there. And that's what I was at with, with Chris Paul and speedy Claxton was also in the picture. I might've cut him that's, off. In the act, one speaking I of John Hamm, every time we bring up old Hornets players, that's his favorite. <laughs> I don't know if that was his favorite player or if he just loved the name. It's a great name. <laughs> but yeah, those were, those were good times. And, um, that was the, you know, the first few months of this whole thing. And, and we want to keep it going. I would be remiss if I didn't mention, cause I don't know that we'll have another podcast with me before December 10th, but you know, Maps 4 uh, is coming up on December 10th. And if you live in Oklahoma City and you're a Thunder fan, you need to pay close attention because we have among the 16 projects, many of which are for really important neighborhood and human needs. But we also have in there, you know, an upgrade to the Chesapeake Arena. And, you know, there's we know how we got this team. OK, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was when another city didn't invest in its facilities and keep them up to national standards. And uh, there's no plan B for how we do that without Maps 4. And so there's there's all these things, you know, all these reasons to, to be for Maps 4 or to talk about Maps 4. And sometimes the arena, you know, doesn't doesn't rise to the top. But if you're a Thunder fan and you value having professional sports in, in, in Oklahoma City, uh, you need to show up and vote on December 10th because, um, you know, that that funding for the arena is critical to the future of professional sports in Oklahoma City. The Thunder's lease expires in two or three years. And, you know, people don't think about that stuff. That's what the mayor has to worry about. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they just expect me to work on all that and make sure the Thunder never leaves. And I'm telling you to make sure that we never experience uh you know a situation like other cities have experienced and the, and the situation that brought this team here um uh, we have to put ourselves in the best possible position when we go to that table and we negotiate another lease and to do that you've got to have a modern arena we built that arena 90 million dollars the year after dallas opened a 400 million dollar arena we put another 100 million through big league city but we are still a 200 million dollar arena in a world of six seven eight hundred million dollar arenas you guys travel into the other arenas you're aware you know and it's uh you know this is in that context really this is a modest investment 115 million dollars takes us through the next 10 years and secures the thunder you know really for another another generation another 15 year lease and that's why it's so critically important that maps four pass for that reason alone if you're a thunder fan so i i would be remiss if i didn't put that plug in i mean if you really want people to get the you know get the message just tell them don't make shea be our Kevin Durant and <laughs> some other city gets to like thrive off of him. But yeah, don't let him play for the Kansas city thunder. Um, but, 
<laughs> everybody thinks Las Vegas. So. Um, I will say, or I will ask, what is your favorite Thunder memory? Like whether it was watching it on TV, in the arena, just a particular moment, oh, just anything. I don't know. There's so many. One thing I want somebody to do is is either do a written or a visual history of all of those seasons you know i mean there's just so many memories right and they all become a blur um i mean obviously how could you not you know obviously romanticize going to the nba finals and all of that um and and maybe those early days too where we broke through where we first made the playoffs and we took the lakers to to six games the defending champs i mean just the idea that we were even having playoff games because by that point we played you know four full seasons of NBA basketball without going to a playoff game. And so just to have the playoffs was amazing. Um, so all of those are great memories. I, I don't know. There's no particular one. Well, I will say this, this is, and this will fade, I'm sure, but, but it, because it's recent, my family and I, my wife's from Philadelphia, we went to Philly last year um, to watch the Sixers game there. And that, that was a classic game, you know, Paul George four point play, you know, I mean, as I said, those things fade over the years, but right now that's, that's less than a year old. And that was, that was one of the greatest games I've ever seen in person um, to beat Philly and Philly uh, preserve the streak at that point. You know, we hadn't lost (laughs) to Philly in 10 years. (laughs) We lost to him. We lost to him later that year, but uh, finally here in, here in Oklahoma city, but we, we kept alive like a, you know, 20 game winning streak against them and, and, and in dramatic fashion, that was a lot of fun. And the whole, at the time, you know, Westbrook Embiid rivalry and all that was, was, was great. So. I'm going to have major fire for saying this, but Joel Embiid's my favorite player. In the league. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, everybody. He's my favorite player. I, I know everyone hates me for that. <laughs> oh, I don't. He's fun. <laughs> he's fun when he's not suspended for punching people. But, um, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much thank for you. Uh, sitting thank down you with both. us. We really appreciate, appreciate that. Yes, yeah, um, I'm also going to apologize in the future for uh, Jerry Ramsey like barking up a tree <laughs> and saying silly things to you. He says silly things to us, so, he, yeah. <laughs> so I shouldn't take it personally. Don't yeah. take it personally. Yeah, just no, just Jerry's smile great. and nod. Like yes, Jerry's he, fantastic. Love the whole the whole crew over there at uh, at the 107.7. What franchise? Yes, love it all. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll probably once football season is over and it's just thunder basketball season i'm pretty sure jerry will be like hey you want to jump on so um we look forward to possibly talking to you in the future running into you at the arena so uh, thank you again sir appreciate it um for uh mr mayor david holt and miss madison morris brady trantman everybody thank you so much for listening to the okc82 podcast and we will talk to you guys later you'll have a good day